Security clearance level three or above is required to access files. Command codes verified. Welcome back to GGR Pirate Radio. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of GGR Pirate Radio. My name is Mike Lunsford. Joining me for this episode, I have the wonderful, the one, I can't even talk tonight. So tongue-tied. Must be this Glenn Danzig beer that I had by Devil's Backbone. It's it's just Danzig. It's not actually Glenn Danzig. I added that part because I thought it was funny. But at any rate... I've got MC Brooks here. I'm just going to truncate this because I'm just going to butcher it otherwise. I got MC Brooks. I got James Rambo. They're both wonderful and fantastic. I love them so much. They're wonderful and they're on the show with me tonight. Hey! Hey! <laughs> I'm tongue tied for another reason. And the reason why is because the fucking Earth got blown up by a goddamn wave of antimatter. What the <laughs> fuck is going on in the DC universe? Like, the, the, the CW Crisis on Infinite Earths miniseries is so fucking bananas. Like, I can't even believe it. Like, I I, I didn't think that they would go as far as they have. And and we'll go roundtable. I'll let each of you guys kind of talk about this. But, like, I've been thoroughly happy with, with what we've seen so far uh, in the crisis so far. Rambo, what's, what's been your take on this, man? Um, I think that somewhere between the grim gritty bullshit that is the dceu up until recently um and the super corny hokey uh goofy shit we're getting from the 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 tv shows somewhere betwixt the two you have the perfect balance of uh dc entertainment that we need to get um i really enjoyed uh uh what i saw so far of crisis um with like one exception in terms of some of the writing. Um, but then again, like, you know, the writing on these shows has never been super strong. Um, but yeah, it's been, a, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, it's been cool to see the, all, all these, all these characters meet up and cross over. Um, yeah. I'm digging the shit out of it so far. And they, yeah. and they managed to do something which I was, I, I was sure was not going to happen, which is they managed to make the animon anti monitor not look stupid. Um, which is pretty impressive. <laughs> That's <laughs> a very good point. Uh, that motherfucker looks like a weeble. He looks like a goddamn weeble. <laughs> Guys, there's no way you're going to be able to defeat him because we can push him over, but he's never going to fall he's down. He's never going to fall down. No matter what we do, he always pops back up. <laughs> MC Brooks, man, you have been singing the praises of this because I know you were super excited about it. I was too. You literally brought me in on the train of this. Cause like, I was like lukewarm to this. I was like, it'll be all right. And you were like, no, Mike, what the fuck is wrong with you? It's going to be amazing. Just <laughs> shut up and watch it. What's been your take? Have you been pretty happy with what you've seen? Or were you, I mean, was it kind of a disappointment? Like where, where are you at so far? Um, overall, overall, uh, I'm, I'm happy with it. Um, I have some. I do have a like a, a handful of issues with with some with some stuff, um, but but I think they've done about as good of a job as I think they could have with you know with what we've gotten so far, um, and just kind of what we also know about certain stuff you know behind the scenes as far as trying to get stuff done. 
Um, but overall, I'm 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 happy with it. You know, I'm I'm less familiar with the Crisis comic than I know uh, probably either of you and and many others who are watching this for the first time. But um, I think I think as far as fan service is definitely delivered on like a lot <laughs> because yeah. it's, it's canon it's canonized so many so much you know isolated DC media in in a way that's that's just kind of really cool to see like if you're a fan of any of these you know any of these properties that have shown up in some form or fashion like it's just it's really cool so overall i'm i'm happy with it i think that that's that's something that you really nailed on the head is like they've they've done a lot of fan service in these first three episodes and it hasn't felt forced at least in my opinion it's all been enjoyable and like when we saw tom welling like on a fucking farm in, in in Smallville, just just chopping wood, and Lex Luthor's like, "I'm here to kill you," and he's like, "That's cool. I don't have powers, dickhead." And Lex is just kind of like, "Well, that's no fun." He's like, well, "Fuck off, then." Like he just, <laughs> it, it was it was so satisfying. Like it was so enjoyable, and like the 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 moment when the Flash and Black Lightning, like they're like. I'm ba- he's like, I'm Barry Allen. And he's like, yeah, man, they, they fucking high five and shake. And I'm like, this is so fucking cool. Like, <laughs> right? I, was, I was losing my goddamn mind. It was just like, that's what it's been. It's just been these moments of excitement so far. The story's been okay, but it's been like, it's almost like Shakespeare because people talk about Shakespeare now in terms like he's the greatest writer and like he's so wonderful. Shakespeare really wasn't. He was it was all about the big moments and the shocking reveals. And like he was over the top as fuck. Like if if you could take William Shakespeare and put him into modern day, he would be writing like like movies for like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like he he would love that sort of stuff because he loved the big moments in that story. And that's and that's what this feels like is it's giving the audience what they want. And it's not trying so hard to be like like witty. Like remember the episode? It was the third season of The Flash when when fucking Savitar showed up, and you just like they, you could tell that when they were writing it, they felt like they were really smart. They were just like, yeah, the future Flash, man. Like they don't they don't give a shit about that this time around. They're like, no, we want this to be fun. We want this to be fun as fuck. And like Brandon Routh, let me tell you, he oh, right man. now in that Superman in that Kingdom Come Superman outfit he is killing it in a way that I didn't even think he would. I thought it would just be like, Oh cool. He's Superman again. No, it, it's making me almost like nostalgic. And it's almost like flipping this giant middle finger at the, at, at Warner brothers for fucking that up in the first place. Cause it's like, you had a good Superman and you guys blew it. Like, cause he just, he looks the part. He sounds the part like that line when she's like, why did you add black to the symbol? Uh, when Lois asks him that, and he's like, because even through darkness, hope shines through. And I'm like, you motherfucker. Like, <laughs> I just, I even, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I had the widest grin when he said that, because that that's that's such a great line. And it really just epitomizes who Superman is. That's so Superman, yeah. And like, I feel like the uh, the other guy, Tyler, Heck, Tyler Hecklin, he's good. I like him. Yeah. He's no fucking Brandon Routh, dude. And Routh is hey, just hey, like. easy does it. Careful there. Go ahead. <laughs> I know you're. I know you're a huge Supes fan, man. So go ahead, Rambo. Yeah. Well, so I I have been super impressed with, and really pleased with getting him to, getting to see him uh, um, put on those tights again. Also, like he's never been a small guy, yeah. And I'm sure that suit is padded, but goddamn, he is jacked. Right. Yeah. What the fuck? 
Um, <laughs> like he looks so much bigger than he was before. Um, I yeah, it's been it's been really fucking cool to see, and and I absolutely agree in terms of um, the idea. Let's let's do it with the idea that fan service is somehow a bad thing. Um, if you're a fan and you're here and you're you're here to be serviced. Um, so, so let's not pretend like, you know, this, uh, oh, uh, what they wrote this, like it was just for me. Yeah, exactly. Shut they up. Did. Dickhead. They um, did. Because they knew you'd be wearing a Superman shirt when you were watching this. That's why. True. Yeah. Um, so like, all right. Is there anything that has happened that y'all were like, ugh, really? Cause I, overall I'm really enjoying it. And I knew there was going to be some, like some, some, some hokey shit that would happen. Um, actually, no, that's not even fair. Because what happened? The thing that bugged me is not corny or hokey; it is just badly done. <laughs> um, has there been anything like that for y'all? I, I'm the actually o- go go ahead. Mine's real quick. The only thing it really wasn't even like hokey, but it kind of bugged me because it means that I'm not going to get to see more of Brandon Routh as Superman. Is the whole like Lex writing his name on the list and the book? Like and, and replacing him as the uh, as the um, paragon, like that was mm. the only thing that bugged me because I was like, "Fuck!" Now I'm not going to get more Brandon Routh Superman. Like that was that was the only thing that really kind of upset me. But otherwise, like all the, I haven't, I, I go into these whether it's Star Wars, whether it's the Mandalorian, whether it's um, the crossover events. I go into them with a very open mind, where it's just like I just want to be entertained. And if I am, then I'm pretty happy. If it's if there's things that are bad, I will notice it and I will remark on it. But for the most part, I'm just I'm here for a good time, man. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Ram- oh, Rambo, what I was going to ask is I, I was, I'm actually curious to hear what yours is because I, I, I want to know if we have the same one. Or not. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so so before I can say I, there's there's one caveat I have to I have to give, which is I am in no way caught up on Arrow. I watched the first season. I realized it was going to be 24 to 26 episodes per season. And at the time I was like six behind and I was like, fuck that shit. Um, <laughs> so with that said, has the specter showed up anywhere on arrow or anywhere else in the Arrowverse? No, you, nope. what you saw, what you saw was the first. That was the first. That, was the that shit introduction. was so badly done. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the, the timing yeah. on it was weird. Like I will, you know. Now that you mentioned that, that's a really good point. Because he like, peeks out from behind a tree. Like as yeah. as his as his By best friend way. and daughter, as his best friend and daughter are about to take him off back to back to the world so that he can help fight. He's like, oh, by the way, I'm the Spectre. You should stay here because I'm a ghost or some shit. And hey, you're just folks. like, yeah. I'm like, Jim Corrigan. I know you've never seen me before, but just know that that's my name. And I used to be yeah. a cop. And um, <laughs> now you get to do the thing that it's, I've been doing. Fucking it's what? Of, it's kind of like they shoehorned yeah. it in at the last second. It was like, fuck, we forgot to include the Spectre. Well, Let's just throw it in the scene. So, I, I well, I agree. That, and that, 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 that whole Oliver arc, I did not like what I didn't like it at no. all. Like should, it, oh, God. a much it, better way that they see cold. A much better way that they could have done it is okay. Him, he dies in episode one. I'm totally, totally okay with that. I, I would have been totally fine if you spend like episode two with exploring him on Lian Yu, but he's like that. Like it's actually his purgatory, and he actually comes across the Spectre that way before. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Like, 
doing yeah. it like doing it that way as opposed to hey we're gonna bring you we're gonna use the Lazarus pit which so which like Sarah agreeing to to bring Oliver back makes no sense because she that like she there were it was twice for her that she had to endure um like the after effects of of having to happen it that was her entire arc through season one of legends uh which is dealing with the the bloodlust that that she experienced that from from that she dealt with it for most of a season on arrow uh I, I don't remember is that season four i think season three or four whichever one it was she witnessed thea on arrow also experienced the same thing so like it, it just it doesn't make sense that she that she would be like Oh yeah! Oh no! This is a bad idea. Uh, uh, all right. Well, uh, okay. I guess it's fine. It's like no, that like that made that for me made no sense. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like that at all. I, I didn't really, and I didn't really like Barry uh, like going along with it too because I felt like with him being one of Oliver's best friends, like that probably is something that would have come up about the Lazarus yeah. Pit and Bloodlust, and so I couldn't imagine even in like. The the most dire of states being like, yeah, you know this is this is a good idea. Like I, I understand Mia as much as I hate her, I understand her like feeling like that's a good idea. But Barry and Sarah, like it just it didn't make a it didn't make a ton of sense. Well, for Barry, like you know, hundred percent Mia, you know, being like, no, it's gonna bring my dad back to life. Well, okay, first of all, you're a fucking child. You're you're a kid. Two, it's your dad. Three, you barely know the guy because of all the weird time yeah. travel shit and all that. Um, so sure, that makes have total you, sense. Have you I, have you read have you read about this season of Arrow or seen the see the season with I with her? I know a little tiny bit, but I don't really know like the full background. I, like I know that Oliver has a son and a daughter, and I know that there's like time travel involvement to some degree, but I don't know the specifics I, of it. Okay, the the simple the the simplest way I can explain it is, so and and honestly, I f- I do feel like this the way that this they ended up doing this is directly tied to the fact that Emily Bat Ricards like told them very last minute in se- season seven, oh hey, I'm I'm not coming back because I feel oh, like that right, I th- I feel like that it it affected how season seven ended. It affected all of season eight, and honestly, it affected Crisis because I don't feel like it, I feel like if Felicity was there, she she uh, Mia would Mia would not be there. Felicity would be, and it's the reason that that the uh, the tie-in comic that comes out in two days, um, or that comes out Monday, that is the reason why Felicity is there and why she's narrating uh, in the, the 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 Crisis tie-in comic that's coming out, but. Um, uh. Wally, also, Wally is showing up in in that the, that comic also. Um, so, with the simplest way I can explain this, so all through season seven, they go through uh, Oliver's in jail for like the first couple episodes. Felicity uh, Felicity is under a threat because the villain that they found they didn't actually catch the villain at the end of season six. He continued on his like reign of terror. And he actually tried to kill Felicity, like in her, in like in their apartment. So Felicity like goes down this dark path where she is, uh, like she comes up with this Archer program, which is basically like, um, which is basically like Brother Eye. Um, okay. 
she, she so she comes she comes up with that and she like is like she gets a gun and she like is ready to kill and all this other stuff which causes this like tension between uh oliver and felicity because he's like like the hell are you doing um so midway through uh felicity you know she gets pregnant um they, i forget what exactly they used archer for but basically felicity ended up on like the most wanted list by like argus and this fbi and like all of these different people so she they uh oliver puts her and their newborn their newborn daughter in this safe house and right after they get there, like after the daughter is born, that's when the monitor comes and tells Oliver, hey, it's time. And so Mia doesn't grow up with Oliver. Like he leaves, he leaves, uh, he leaves Felicity and Mia like when she's like probably a couple weeks old. So she doesn't grow up really knowing him or knowing anything about him or anything like that. Now, Mia is trained by Nyssa. Uh, she's trained. She's trained by Nissa, which is where she gets all her like her combat skills and everything from. Um, but it's weird because like in the future, she she like she grows up and she hates her whole thing is she hates vigilantes because Oliver was one and he wasn't there when she was younger. Which I, I personally I think is kind of flimsy because I'm like. Your dad's a fucking hero. Like, why are you? <laughs> why are you, like you're you're holding it against him that you know he didn't decide to let the world go to shit and stay and stay in the safe house with you that he decided to you know go be a hero and do something. So she spends all this time hates she uh, the flash forwards in season seven. She's like angry at him. It's like angry at heroes. She just attitude towards him. The monitor, for some reason, in season eight, decides, yeah, we'll bring uh, we'll bring Connor Hawk and William and Mia to the present day, just because. Like, they, there's never an exp- explanation of like why they need to be there, why they're brought from 2040, or anything like that. There's no there's no explanation. Uh, you can tell that the the writers for Arrow didn't consult anyone about how time travel works because they literally <laughs> broke. About several rules that are established in the Flash about how <laughs> how time travel works and like how you affect the future and whatnot. So it's just it's <laughs> they're, just, they're just like nah, dude. Those are your rules, man. Fuck that. Yeah, <laughs> bas- basically. And so yeah, I mean, technically we're one universe, but like, who gives a shit? Yeah, and like me, me is just like she's just like, she's just always mad at whomever, and like they're all throughout this season of arrow, like she has these moments where she's upset at Oliver because he goes to be a hero and then, and because he tries to be a dad to her, even though he wasn't there. And so she's like pissy to, to him all through an episode. And then she realizes, Oh, Hey, I don't know it all. Hey, my dad was actually right about how to do something. And then she has this heartfelt moment with him where she's like, Oh, okay. You know, yes, I'm your kid. And then the next episode, she's back to being angry at him again. Like Ugh. fucking teenagers. She's 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 just she's you about got, as unbearable. You got that to, Mike. <laughs> and she's oh yeah yeah so fun. Can't wait. An emotional teenager is gonna be a fucking blast. <laughs> and then like the the thing and and honestly I think that this is something I think they're doing a, they're doing a giant disservice to the Green Arrow character because she's going to be like they're basically just giving they're giving her the mantle. And she hasn't really done anything to deserve it other than just 
be Oliver's daughter. Hey, she's like, got to fucking inherit it. She's got a suit, damn it. That's enough. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like that. I didn't like any of that either. That was that was that was super. Annoying. It was so lame. She's like, I got a suit. Really? You mean it? Seriously? I was like, yeah. They're not that hard to make. They had to fit you for it. Like, where where the fuck were you? Yes, like it. Yeah. yeah. Did you you not remember that Taylor coming in? It was a whole thing. Yeah, these are not like one size fits all, man. Come on. Um, I will say this. Like, one of the things because I maybe it's it's, I've changed my my mental attitude about things. Like, I just try to be so positive with these things, and I try I try to stay away from looking for the negative. But like, as you guys mentioned, all that shit about the Spectre that was so dead on. Because like. Yeah. It literally would have been such a better story if like if we see like flashes of Oliver like in his purgatory in Lian Yu and we just see this weird dude just kind of walking around. He's like, what the fuck are you doing here? And he's just like, I'm just Spectre. I'm this dude. Yeah. Let me tell you, man, you've got greater things instead of but, this weird penance that you're punishing yourself with. You can still help the universe. And he's like, well, fuck you, weirdo. I don't even know who you are. Like that would have been cool if he built to that and then they showed up and then he was like, yeah. listen, I have to make this decision because it's the better decision. I was really trying to give them the benefit of the doubt with the Spectre thing. I was like, well, there's no way they'd introduce not just the Spectre, but Jim Corgan at the same time in this giant crossover series. Like, clearly they've been setting this up for a little while. I'm just not caught up. Nope. And it's yeah. that no, no, they know as much as we know as much as we do. Yeah. Oh, God, that is yeah. so bad. Did, yeah. did you guys get as excited about a potential all-female world's finest with Batwoman and Supergirl like I did when you saw them like have that moment where they're like well I guess you're the paragon of hope and you've given me hope well you're the paragon of justice and and like I was just like they're gonna do world's finest and it's gonna be fucking awesome like I started getting really excited I mean it that's legit I mean they're with with Stephen Amell leaving you know they're they they want to establish because all these years, like the 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 giant friendship across shows has been Barry and Oliver. Like that's that's it's been awesome to kind of watch their like watch their relationship grow, you know, from the the uh, what was it uh, season two episode eight of Arrow where Barry first cameoed to the first crossover and everything till now. So yeah, that they're they're trying to establish that as like a thing going forward. Like that's going to be the big friendship that takes over, and there's a rumor that uh, either Supergirl or Batwoman one one of the two is supposed to cameo in the other show uh, in the second half of this season. That that's a that's a thing that that's that's supposed to happen. So yeah. it's like they're not even being subtle about trying to <laughs> trying to establish that as like the the thing. Right. Like, that's just, it's going to be awesome. And I mean, like, there's no way that they're not going to, like, there's no way that this isn't being done in the same way that Crisis was for the comic in terms of like, all right, we're collapsing this all into a single world so we can do whatever crossovers we want without it having to be a thing of like, oh, it's a parallel universe. Uh, um, well, no, <laughs> well, I don't want to spoil it for like, I, I know the answer. I, I told Mike to, but. I don't want to spoil it for people listening who may want to, uh, you know, kind of experience crisis. But after we get off here, I, I can answer that for you. Look, I just do it on the show. Plug your ears if you don't. No, know. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I, I'm legit. <laughs> well, well, actually, Mike, Mike, they just, might Mike, not be doing that. 
I just say Mike can just edit it out. Actually, I literally can delete it. No, no, no. I don't. I don't want. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Okay. okay. Rambo, yeah. plug your. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I was sure that that what what they were doing because it, it it ends up just being sort of not really awkward, but like it's it's one more step for them to have to be like, oh well, we need to go get you know Supergirl for this thing. Oh well, good thing we have this dimensional breach thing that we can use and blah blah blah. Yeah, they just collapse it all into one universe. Yeah, like it, it makes it does make a lot more sense, and that that's literally what I was thinking. I was like, oh, this is convenient. Everybody will just live in the same town, like the black lightning bit I, he was like my whole world has been ripped apart and i was like he's just gonna get an apartment in barry's building and they'll just live together It'll be, yeah. be like the fucking odd couple it'll be awesome like well but that's kind of how i figured gonna, they were gonna do this they were just gonna start pushing everybody together basically it's gonna be really interesting too because uh I, mike i know you didn't watch black lightning rambo have you seen the black the crisis episode that they did no not yet so Basically, and and it wasn't officially crisis episode, but like it was because you know red skies and all that. Pretty fucking. Um, so w- one of the things that they do in that episode is they uh, Jen because of the nature of her powers, like she's 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 able to almost like in a way like she is phasing between universes in a sense. So she like sees herself on Earth One. She sees herself on earth too and sees like kind of the path that she went down on both now what's interesting is on earth on earth one black lightning is murdered mm. he, he 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 earth one jefferson pierce gets murdered uh in on black lightning so if like my my get theory is if they do you know merge worlds and everyone's on one Earth, Earth Earth One Jefferson is gone. Like the rest of the family is there, but he's gone. He was killed, and the I I, I believe it's Earth seventy three that Black Lightning takes place on. I'm not sure if that's official or not, but I, I'm guessing. But it's really it was, fucked up that they call Atlanta Earth seventy three. I mean, it's the same planet. It, and, like, it's just the it, south. It, it got it got wiped. Like that yeah. was that was that was what happened at the end of Black Lightning. It, it, his Earth got destroyed. All Freeland and Lynn and like they're all gone. So him move like my theory or one of the theories I have is that Earth One Jefferson is going to try to interact with his family who is going to be super freaked out that their seemingly dead father is now alive again and still black lightning. So a little bit of context for at least the crisis comic. Um, Almost nobody knew um, once all was said and done that anything had happened. Um, Yeah. The only people that knew were the Paragons, right? Well, so, so, there's there's um, there's a handful of people outside of like in a pocket universe um, outside of um, the universe as it stands who who are very much aware and are monitor- basically monitoring everything that's going on um, or rather you know keeping an eye on everything that's going on um, but for the most part uh, as far as anyone knew the sort of rewriting of continuity completely shifted everything. And so what is going on now is what's always been going on. So it would be relatively simple, assuming they're going to, they're going to do this 
um, in ter- or at least in keeping with the comic, to say, okay, well, there's no Jefferson Pierce here, but there is his family here. We just shift those things together. It's like he was never gone. Now, oh, obviously, I see what you're you saying. know like more a, about yeah. this than like, I do. Con- like, a con- like a consciousness thing. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it just, it just well, becomes a matter of, like, slotting, you know, tab A into slot B. Well, I, guess, I would just be really curious about then. And I, well, I mean, they would, would they have memories of them witnessing him being killed? Or would they just... No, no it, would be, it would all be undone. It would, okay. It, it, would, it would be a... You know, it's 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 that sort of thing. It's like, no, this person isn't dead. They never existed. So you, it's not that you it, you don't feel that loss. Um, as far as you're concerned, you know, uh, that person was never around at all. But the opposite. So it's not that it's not that he comes back into their lives. It's Jefferson never died. Um, wow. So that means it means that means playing with sort of his memories and his perception of things and theirs as well. Um, because the whole point of, of the original crisis was from editorial mandate, hey, the multiverse is a fucking mess, and we have too much going on. Um, let's clean all of this up. So you know, it, it would you get this like very, very like fucked up and dramatic. You know, like single page would have multiple universes being wiped out. Um, in in but like from a, from a metatextual standpoint, it's just like. Okay, all right, so we got rid of these 19 Earths, great. All right, well, we got, there's, there's like 40 more we got to take care of before the end of this issue. <laughs> um, because it really was about, like, you know, because in the 80s, like, the, the you know, like, Jonah Hex stories took place in a separate, uni- in separate universe. The Captain Marvel stories took place in a separate universe. All the Charleston characters, um, the, you know, Blue Beetle, uh, uh, The Question, uh, Silk, not Silk Spectre, but uh, Phantom Lady, um... Uh, those were all those were all a separate universe because those, those were all characters that were bought um, by DC um, and they so they purchased them but they didn't really have a place for them um, so technically they were in a separate universe and it's like all right well we we've we've got all this you know all this all this shit now how are we gonna make this work um, and so the idea of crisis was put forward they were like all right well, we can we can wipe everything out wipe the slate totally clean and rebuild from there. And that's where you get George Perez's Wonder Woman. That's where you get John Byrne's Man of Steel run. Um, all of that was like, all right, so now that we've started everything over again, what does that look like? You know, and, and you know, it, it was about reestablishing all of the major characters while also folding in everything. So, like, the whole Jonah Hex thing ends up becoming, all right, well, Jonah Hex takes place in the DC Universe past, um, like he actually like takes place in and around Gotham City, um, so yeah, it, it was it was a very practical uh, decision, um, which is also like why honestly it can feel like homework at times because so much of it is you kind of have to know who all these people are, uh, at least to some extent, um, and so many of so much of that knowledge is like all right, you know who that is great, now they're dead. Uh, it was, you know, you know, it's going to be nice about all this though, is for years, the flash had this safety net. It's like, well, you know, Harrison Wells turned out to be the reverse flash and Eobard Thawne. And that really fucking sucked because Wells was kind of a mentor. Oh, we'll just go to another earth and get another Wells. And then like, Mm -hmm. it was cool to see like, 
um, Tom Cavanaugh really flexes acting chops as he gets to gets to play all these other Wellses. But at the same time, too, like what a crutch that is. Like what a MacGuffin. Like, oh, man, we lost this guy. Well, let's go find another one and just have him put on a fucking French accent and pretend to be Sherlock Holmes. Like, <laughs> it's just like it was, again, cool to see to see Cavanaugh do it. But at the same time, like, fuck, find another gimmick, guys. Like now they're going to be adding gimmicks. And it's, yeah, man. Yeah. And, and like, yeah, the whole the whole nature of like, oh, I'll just hop on over to, you know, to whatever Earth, you know, and, and get, you know, get some technology from them over here or, you know, go to this world that has magnetic levitation. But for some reason, it's still using fucking blimps. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. All, all that. It, it, it again, assuming um, that they're going to do at least to some degree what has been done, because, you know, Tara is is. I mean, maybe, maybe not with this last this last episode, you know, but very much of the mind are like, all right, we're gonna bring everybody back. Like, well, no, there's no bringing people back. They're gone. Like, <laughs> they are dead. So at best, you will get sort of uh, uh, an idealized version of them um, popping up here or there. Um, it really is about you know doing that whole sort of like Schrodinger's cat thing and opening the box, and so all realities you know slam into each other and you get the one thing that is, is, uh, is active at the moment. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's super fucking ambitious. If nothing else, I will absolutely give them that. Um, and it's been a lot of fun and man, it was a bold, bold fucking move to put a, a, a cap on the end of John Wesley ship's flash run like that. that um, dude, that was, that was really cool. <clears throat> When he just that was when really when he, well done. When he grabs Barry and he takes his speed from him, and he's like, "No, I'm getting back on the treadmill." And you're just like, "You motherfucker!" And like, and he talks about Tina, and he's like, he's running in reverse, and he has that like that moment, like just God damn, that was amazing. That was so good. Like they snuck the theme in there too. Oh mm-hmm. shit! Yeah. yeah, all it did was just make me sad that like, and I, I and I was explaining to MC. That like the show never had a chance in hell because they put it up against the Cosby Show, like there was no way mm. that show was gonna live live. Like this is the this is the late eighties, man. That that shit was not gonna fly, and yeah, they, we only got one season out of it. And I wish there had been more. And John Wesley Ship has been just so much fun, and like to see him go out like that as the Flash was pretty dope. Yeah, I mean, and like yeah. like this. This arguably means no more Jay. This means no more any of the Wellses, aside from you know, assuming Pariah maybe gets to uh, to to go back to his his previous life. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, like no more Breacher. No, like there's there is no more multiverse for you to move through. Um, but yeah, it, it's yeah. You made a really good point, Mike, which is the the idea that they're kind of writing themselves well they're really potentially writing themselves out of a huge fix that they've had for a long time which is the sort of ability to, to bounce between the universes and do different stuff um i don't know i'm really i am very curious to see how they're gonna how they're gonna wrap this up yeah uh and yeah. what's gonna what's gonna happen it's it certainly is the but... They they knew what they were doing, man. They put us they put a cliffhanger at the end of that shit, and now everybody is like, "Why is it not January?" Like we're all just like itching <laughs> right, for more of that. Fuckers, I know, right? Yeah. God, I, damn it! I, I, but honestly, I think it's I think it's smart. I mean, 
I think a, a few of the shows could definitely like they all had all, all these shows have really really huge casts and I do think that sometimes they get away from who and what the focus of the show is supposed to be. We saw that a lot in in season 5 of Flash. Yeah. Um, oh, with God. the <laughs> with the overemphasis on a certain female speedster who won't be named. Um, <clears throat> never had a chance. She never had a chance. <laughs> but I mean, like all, all of the shows kind of with the exception of Arrow, cause I don't, I don't think Arrow ever really got to a point where it really deviated from really focusing on Oliver, but Supergirl has definitely gotten and has definitely done that, especially this current season just so bad considering where they were last year and flash like i said the the la, la, last season the flash was like that and th- this season even like and i really love the new showrunner i think eric wallace has done a fantastic job of understanding what the flash needs to be and delivering on that where you can even where where even when you have episodes that are not very focused and you get perspective from other characters. Like it, it still doesn't feel like Barry is not the focus. You're just yeah. getting a, a different perspective. Like the, the Ralph episode or the, uh, like the Ralph episode, you know, where, which, you know, you, you primarily focused on him and trying to, um, work that casino, but Barry was there the entire time. So it still felt like the flash, you know? Sure. And, and so, I think some of these shows could definitely use a little bit of a reboot. Um, I, I do think, you know, it can, it can definitely be beneficial and hopefully allowing the people who are writing for these shows going forward to uh, put focus back in on the main characters and allow them to actually have story arcs that help them develop as characters and, and as heroes. Yeah. I think that, yeah, I mean, we, <laughs> I think that we've really proven that we are all in for, for this crisis, like regardless of the issues that we have with it, they're all seem, they all seem pretty superficial for the most part. Like the specter thing, I think we're all in agreement was like, man, yeah. that shit needed to be cleaned up, but like <laughs> it, it couldn't, I'm still hopeful and I, and I'm, I'm super excited about it. And like, well, the thing that MC you brought it up and it makes me laugh so hard every time I read it. But like the you making fun of people who are complaining about not knowing what's going on because they haven't been watching all the shows on the CW and they're watching Crisis and they don't understand everything. And you're just like, you had a year. You had a whole fucking year. <laughs> like, they literally announced that a year ago we got yes. Elseworlds and they said, hey, yeah. coming soon, Crisis on Infinite Earths. You knew this shit was coming and you did like, nothing. You even nothing. if you don't, even if you don't watch everything, you can yeah. watch YouTube videos that 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 do summaries. Or, or here's Wikipedia a concept pages or wiki. Yeah, Wikipedia. Here's a here's a fucking novel concept, right? You fucking watch it anyways, like I did, and and you use context clues, like yeah. you know that something happened between Lena Luther and uh, that other girl. I don't remember her name. Uh, the one oh, that works. Alex. At, yeah, Alex. yeah. I, something, something, something happened. Something bad. They don't trust uh. each other. But who, who the fuck cares? It's fine because oh, that's all. That, that's also one of my complaints that that like that that was a thing because I was like that. Yeah. There's no reason for this to be in crisis. It was yeah. But, it was yeah. But they they the, the only reason they did that is because Supergirl outside of like outside of like a 
loose, a very loose plot concerning uh, uh, concerning Martian Manhunter. Supergirl didn't deal with Crisis at all, which I was actually very surprised about. But they didn't deal with Crisis at all, so I felt like they they kept the Alex Lena stuff in there because yeah. Supergirl has like their weekly fan base who only watches the show, so who are tuning in just for that. But I mean, it's it's a st- stupid reason because like. <laughs> you know this is the crossover. Why are you watching if you don't watch everything yeah. else? Yeah, yeah, and, like, yeah. I, and, and if you're certainly not, if you're um, in a position to be like be upset about that, well, no, they were never going to walk, like hold your hand and walk you through everything fucking thing that happened. Yeah. Guess what? I only watch the Flash. It's yep. the one one of these shows that I'm still on, like at least temporarily, potentially um, <laughs> willing to sit down and, and knock out. Um, I knew there was going to be shit happening that I wasn't a hundred percent up on. Same. Guess what? I didn't do get mad about it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Here's here's the thing. Okay. Let me let me give you a little concept. Comparing it to Endgame too, which I just <sighs> I don't get. Crazy. I'm like the CW does not have Marvel movie budget money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, Marvel yeah, did it better. This. Yeah, because they have billions of dollars. Shut yeah, you mean up. the yeah. fact that they spent like $300 million on that movie? Yeah, yeah I bet they right. did. Yeah, you know? Who would have thunk like, it? <laughs> I just think like the entitlement that comes from this is just so fucking ridiculous. Like, yeah. I, I deserve to know everything. Then fucking watch some shit. Like, I'll give you a perfect I'll give you a perfect example. When I was a kid, you know what the, the first Star Wars movie was that I saw? Return of the Jedi. I was like, I don't know, six, maybe five. I was like, this movie's fucking dope. I was like, this. They got these laser sword things, and they're fighting with them. And and is there more of this, Dad? And he was like, Yes. There's two other movies before it. And I was not like, How dare you, sir? Not expose me to those first. Like I went back and watched them, and I filled in the <laughs> gaps because you can do yeah. that with things, and you can appreciate them because that's how life works. You don't have to watch everything in order. You can watch it out of order, and then you can be like. Oh shit! So that's why he's got the green one because he had a blue one before, and that's why he has the robot hand because his dad's a dick and cut his hand off. Like you understand all yeah. of this, and, and it makes sense. Like it's, I just don't understand these people that have to have every single little itty bitty piece of information. Like, so you miss some Easter eggs, you miss some little in jokes, but you still get the the big point that all of the universes are getting wiped out and there's these cool yeah. little things. It's like, hey, remember that show Smallville? Guess you never watched a fucking episode of Smallville? This guy. And I knew exactly <laughs> who that and I knew exactly who that was. And you want to know what? It was fun. And I just fuck, man. Like it's the same thing with Star Wars fans, man. And like I'll just rant on this and then we'll we'll wrap up. But like I was going to do a, a blog post about it, but I just I can't get my I can't get my words right. But like Star Wars fans are not the biggest problem. But Rambo, you made a fucking excellent point, dude. You said, you know who hates Star Wars the most? Star Wars fans. And I was like, you are fucking dead on right. The people who hate Star Wars the most are Star Wars fans. It's not those people who proudly exclaim, mostly in office buildings. I've never seen a single piece of any Star Wars media ever. And I'm never going to. No one fucking cares. Like, that's great. Good for you. Here's your fucking medal. And I would compare this to that scene on Yavin 4 when when Chewie and Han and Luke get their medals, but you wouldn't fucking get it because you're a douchebag. So, like, 
Star Wars fans are so fucking angry all the time. And they're like, this isn't my Star Wars. This cute baby Yoda thing isn't Star Wars. It's too fucking cute. Did you never see Return of the Jedi? There was a whole fucking village of Ewoks. These cute little goddamn teddy bears that ate people and shot arrows and shit. Like, you don't think that that was meant for marketing? That was fucking adorable. They did that shit on purpose. Like, that's what Star Wars is. That's what it's always been. It's always been family friendly. They tow this line of PG-13. They'll do some pretty gruesome shit, but then they'll bring it back and they won't go too far like you'll see a hand get chopped off but there's not blood squirting everywhere so like they tow this line it's supposed to be family friendly and these people who were expecting the mandalorian to be this dark gritty like thing it's just unrealistic like i knew there were going to be some scenes where you're like damn this dude is brutal because mandalorians are fucking badasses but like at the same time too you knew there was going to be some cute shit it's fucking star wars that's what they do but my problem isn't the fans my problem is the media like I didn't call them out in the article and I might tool, retool the article and do it, but I'm gonna call them out on the podcast. Okay. I G fucking N is the goddamn worst because every single article where they review the Mandalorian, there's always this weird little, like, like look back to the past nostalgically as there is a twinkle in their eye back in my day. When I used to love star Wars, I saw the first movie and it was the first movie I ever saw. And I had a bucket of popcorn. I sat with my pappy and my pappy said, this is the greatest space opera I've ever seen. And the things that are happening now in the Mandalorian are like slapping me in the face. It's like, digging up my grandpappy's body and desecrating him in front of my grandmother who's still alive this day and how dare they and you're just like dude it's a fucking tv show settle the fuck down like i i literally read this is what they said and rambo did you see the most recent episode yeah the, the heist episode yeah yeah ign basically was like every single one of these people that was cast as one of these uh people uh members of the heist they were all fucking horrible and i was like first off what they they weren't <laughs> I was like, secondly, that they were exactly what they were supposed to be. And then they said the same thing about um, uh, Amy Sedaris in the last episode. They said that she was fucking fuck, horrible, too. Fuck off. Exactly. I'm like, what are you expecting Ugh. from Star Wars? I was like, did you never see the original movies? Because let me tell you who was not a good actor. Anybody that was in any of those fucking Star Wars movies. <laughs> and it just like it's so it's so irritating to me because I feel like they're doing this because that's what the fan base wants. Or at least that's what they think the fan base wants is they think that they want anger and hatred. And those are the path of the dark side, motherfucker. Like, that's not the right way. And like. That's that's what bothers me so much is that they're so angry about Star Wars. It's supposed to be joyous. It's supposed to be something that when you hear that music, that John Williams music swell, you're just like, fuck, yeah. You don't give a shit what's going on. You're just like, I'm going to grab some popcorn. I'm going to watch this shit, and it's going to be awesome. And there's going to be this thing that scrolls across the, the screen that tells me exactly what's going to fucking happen, and I can't wait to see it. Like, it's supposed to be enjoyable, and everybody is just watching it with their arms crossed, just fucking angry, just waiting for another reason to be pissed off about something that they love and like i just i just don't fucking get why everybody is so angry about this is is it because it's disney's now is that why it's it's <sighs> that says it all i don't think there's any one reason man honestly it it's a lot of anger and frustration um that is fed off of other anger and frustration yeah. Um, it's, it's people for the most part reiterating opinions that aren't necessarily theirs. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, I mean, it's, it's ultimately it comes back to, to all the same kind of hate that people have, which is it's racist and it's sexist and it's misogynistic and it's 
I'm upset. Of, I mean, a big part of it comes down to the the nerd culture going mainstream. Um, this is uh, for a lot of people. This was a put it this way, like the OG haters, the really the guys in their in their forties and fifties at this point. Um, you know, they got shit on by people uh, for liking nerd things, uh, for reading comics, for, for watching sci-fi and Star Trek and shit. Um, and so one of their retreats was, well, I'm going to go play D&D or, or uh, you know, I don't I don't have to. It's OK that the pretty girl or guy doesn't want to date me um, because I have, I have Deanna Troy and she'll be my, my girlfriend. Um, I have, I can go and and play games with my friends or I can, uh, and they all know what it's like to, to, you know, to be shoved into a locker or whatever have you. Um, and so as they've gotten older, they see this stuff kind of getting more and more popular and suddenly they're seeing the people that used to fuck with them or people that look like them suddenly being into all these things and shit with the advent of things like Facebook and Twitter uh, and social media in general, maybe the literal person that used to fuck with them is now suddenly into all these things that they used to love. Um, it's this idea of, and, and please be, let me be clear. None of this shit is okay. Um, at a certain point, if you haven't dealt with the problems from when you were in elementary school, middle school, high school, see previous episode, find a fucking therapist. Um, <laughs> yeah, you, know, right? you need to deal with some seriously deep seated trauma. Um, but it's this idea of nerd culture as the clubhouse. Um, uh, you know, if you don't know the secret password, you can't get in. Um, I remember having this, this, the guy clearly wanted it to be an argument. Um, but this was a year or two ago on, on Facebook it was this guy who was just bitching and moaning about Captain Marvel and the MCU and Star Wars and all the nerd shit. All the nerd shit that, that suddenly everybody was able to see um, and, and enjoy and, and how dare they. Um, and what I said of it was, it was like, you know, you keep talking about how this, this, this was important to you as a kid and it's so important to you now and now everybody has access to it. Like, there's some sort of like special password that people need to know. I was like, we, we won, man. Like <laughs> the Avengers made a billion dollars. Um, yeah. um, you know, sure. There's a clubhouse, but we took the door off the hinges. Everybody's welcome. And because everybody's welcome, more money is going, getting devoted to things. Like we live in a capitalist society. If people are in, if more and more people are interested, uh, then the people who own the IPs are going to spend more and more money on it. So it's going to get not necessarily better but it's certainly gonna get more expensive and cooler to look at um and things are going mainstream and, and it was just like cries of you know oh it's selling out and all this and it's like all right man you want it, it's it's no different than the guy or girl or you know or just person who loved you know they loved that band when it was small and nobody knew about them and, and they went to that show where it was like them and 30 other people and in, in a nearly empty uh, uh club now they're actually selling records and they're so much bigger and you know their music changed and they sold out and they're not cool anymore don't you want them to be successful like yeah wasn't the goal always to to make money off this shit or yeah. oh do you live in this world where 
you know, it's not about actually turning a profit from what you do. This is supposed to be like, you know, this is supposed to be capital A art. And, you know, you're 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 supposed to do it because you love it, man, not because you want to make money, man. Fucking money's bullshit. Yeah, okay. You sound like you stepped out of the out of the fucking sixties. Um <laughs> And you are a waste of space and energy. You know um, what artist? You know what artist has said? Um, money is bullshit. Um, that would be none of them ever, because they or, have or bills to pay. Exactly, ones who already yeah, made it. The people, like yeah. the phrase. Anybody who says that, who utters any kind of phrase like that, is someone who either doesn't give a shit, like is is severely broken enough away from society that they truly don't care, or. Someone who doesn't have to deal with those problems. For anybody listening to this podcast right now who wants to know, uh, James Rambo is a is an artist. He draws. He paints. Uh, Rambo, does money matter? Money matters so yeah. fucking much. I am a commercial artist. Underline commercial. I am here to get paid for yeah. the art I make. MC Brooks, you're a musician. Yep. You're a rapper. You fucking dope one, by the by the way. And James, same thing, man. You're a fucking awesome artist. Uh, does Thanks, money matter sir. to you, MC Brooks? Do you want to get paid for your art, or do you just do uh, it just because the art's great? I mean, the art is great, but pay me my, <laughs> run me with my funds. Let's yes. so keep doing yeah. it. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you something. Between the three of us, Rambo has done some amazing artwork. MC Brooks has done some amazing music. I'm not going to pat my own back, but I, I'm a published writer. I, I've, yes, I've published comic absolutely. books. I wrote. I wrote for. No, I wrote no, no. for Yahoo. I write for for GGR. Like, I do GGR because I fucking love it. But let me tell you something. If Sony, just they would never do it. But let's just say Sony was like, Mike, we're going to give you a million dollars to promote Sony on GGR. Guess what I'm doing? We're promoting the fuck out of everything Sony. I don't give a shit. Fuck because, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you want to know what my favorite video game system is going to be? Sony PlayStation. Because yep. like, <laughs> getting paid is awesome. This is the world we live in, motherfuckers. Like, I have bills to pay. I have a kid. I have a wife. We like to do things. We like to eat. We like having heat in our house. You have to pay for this shit. And like, anybody who acts like the art is so much more important than the money, man, is fucking clueless. And do you really think, you really think that your shitty tweets that you sent out to Ryan Johnson are bothering him at all after Last Jedi made $1.31 billion? You think he gives a fuck what you think? <laughs> like, you think J.J. Abrams gives one flying fuck about what you think about um, what, what, um, Rise of Skywalker is going to be like, he does not give a damn. He's doing the best he can. He's going to put out a movie that he thinks is good. And if you don't like it, he will be laughing himself to sleep on his millions of dollars that he rolls around on his bed. Cause that's just what I imagine rich directors do. <laughs> no, no, no. They, they, they actually have a, um, uh, it's like a pillow top, um, but oh, it's okay. filled with hundred dollar bills. <laughs> uh, so that they can like, they can swap it out. Uh, cause you can get like paper cuts and shit yeah, and it's just, that, it's, it's that's bad. The dream. That's the dream, right? <laughs> or so I've heard or would imagine. Yeah. I think I'm going to go Scrooge McDuck and turn in all coins and make a big fucking swimming pool out of it. So. Nice. <laughs> oh, I heard the dumbest fucking argument about the last Jedi today. God, I know I, you said it to me. It's fucking wonderful. Go ahead. Oh, <laughs> uh, it, uh, it was all the same stupid bullshit as we've all heard before. But yeah. this one particular detail really stood out, and it was um, it was the fact that Poe shouldn't be chastised for not listening to orders because it's a and in all caps rebellion, as though he was rebel. He's not rebelling from 
fucking military hierarchy or from <laughs> it's 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 they're rebelling against fascism, you fucking idiots. And that's the idea that like he he was he was justified in doing all the things he did. You don't have to follow rules, man. It's a rebellion, right? It's a rebellion. Like, what, you're gonna tell me what to do? Who the fuck are you? I'm your boss. I'm your boss. Fuck you. You're demoted. <laughs> like, you can't follow orders. You got a bunch of people killed. God damn it. I'm gonna people start are my so own rebellion. Stupid, it makes me angry. Blackjack and hookers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get the fuck out of here. God. Oh. oh, it's so infuriating. It's so fucking frustrating. Oh my god. All right, guys. This we we went like way over time. I don't I I'll apologize to my wife. She'll be hopefully she won't divorce me. But <laughs> fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. No, we'll, hopefully we'll be okay. I'll buy her something pretty. It'll be okay. Um, <laughs> as she sent me a meme about Baby Yoda that says, hang on, let me pull it up real quick, that she sent me earlier while we were podcasting. It was like the look you give your hu- your husband when he says no until he realizes that he was wrong for saying no to you in the first place. <laughs> so <laughs> She's using my own nerddom against me, guys. She's smart. She's too smart. On that note, guys, this is, this is a fucking blast as it always is. You guys are the best. I, I really truly enjoyed doing these podcasts with with you guys and i'm glad that we were able to have one very serious conversation and then one just railing on nerd nerddom in general so uh thank you all thank you james rambo thank you mc brooks for being part of this wonderful podcast that we do um make sure you check out james rambo's art he's actually got a page on facebook i want to say it's the art of james rambo is that correct it is in fact i update it almost never um, he's got an Etsy site too where you can actually, you know, buy shit. So do that. Go to his Etsy, buy his shit. Yes. Um, MC Brooks ha- is a musician. Uh, he's, he's a lovely man who's only understood by his woman. Um, he's got a Bandcamp site, he's on Spotify. These are places where if you listen to his music, he actually gets money. So you should do that. Um, check him out because he's always doing dope shit. Um, and we appreciate everything that he does for us here at GGR because he is our um, our convention correspondent. Like all conventions in the area he goes to, he checks them out for us and then reports back. Oh, yeah. So we, we appreciate what he does here. I'll, I'll be at MAGFest in was it three weeks. Three weeks. Nice. Why do I always forget about MAGFest? Like I want to go and I always forget. Damn it. But MC Brooks will be there, so it's okay. He's got me covered. There you go. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for another installment of GGR Pirate Radio. Thank you so much for listening. Guys, we're everywhere. We're on Spotify. We're on uh, Apple Podcasts, which is what they call it now instead of uh, iTunes. We're on Google. Um, We're actually working on being on iHeartRadio as well. So keep your eyes open for that. Um, But we are where you can listen to podcasts. So check us out. Or you can go right to the website. It's greatgeekrefuge.com. For James Rambo. For uh, Steve Monick, who's home make, uh, helping his wife make cookies with her new cookie business that she's got. Uh, for MC Brooks, and for all of us here at the Great Geek Refuge, thank you so much for listening. And guys, don't be a juice bag. Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, for all of our awesome articles and wonderful podcasts. don't have to be adversaries, Homer. We both want a fair union contract. Why is Mr. Burns being so nice to me? And if you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. 
Wait a minute. Is he coming on to me? I mean, if I should slip something into your pocket, what's the harm? Oh my god, he is coming on to me. After all, negotiations make strange pedfellows. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Burns, but I don't go in for these backdoor shenanigans. Sure, I'm flattered, maybe even a little curious, but the answer is no. Pirate Radio Network production juice bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs>